have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls. It's barricaded the world with hate. You stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical. Our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent. And all will be lost. Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, the home of powerful conversations. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Andrew Dobby. Andrew is the founder and managing director of Made Brave, a multi-award winning brand-led creative agency based in Glasgow, Edinburgh and London that makes brands bigger, bolder and stronger. Launched in 2012, you left your previous job with a two-week-old baby and just a thousand pounds of personal savings in the bank. Fast forward to the present day and Made Brave has grown to a team of 30 plus people with a client roster including the likes of Tenants, Magners, First Group, Medtronic, Van Gogh and IBM and partnerships with Google, Digital Garage, TEDx Glasgow, Kiltwalk and Scottish Edge. In 2018, following the successful acquisition of content production agency Campfire, you established the Born Original Group of which you're CEO and Chairman. You also sit on the board of Park Circus and TRC Media. You're a Power of Youth Fellow, a Council Director at Glasgow Chamber of Commerce, an Ambassador of the Prince and Princess of Wales Hospice in Glasgow, and most recently you're the founder and co-host of Just a Chat With, a video podcast talking brand and creativity with inspiring people who love and live it. Your mission is to inspire creativity in everyone believing that branding and marketing doesn't need to be confusing and you want to help others bring their best ideas to life. Wow, Andrew, I'm delighted. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. That. Yeah, I did. I know. I was like, woof. That's a big one, but uh, we, we got there. So yeah, I'm delighted to have you here. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I've been really enjoying watching your your podcast and your conversations lately. I didn't didn't see that coming. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's been um, it's been fun doing. But I think we were kind of chatting earlier. I kind of realised that it takes an army to create a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get that first one out, by the time you create a brand, build a website, you know, figure out how you're shooting it, and um, just the general production of getting you know, pulling it all together on logistics. Yeah, yeah. It's been fun. It's been good. It's been good. Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that a bit later, I'm quite sure. Uh, in the sure. beginning, I mean, if we can go back to, you know, Andrew's early life where it all began. And yeah, yeah just a, you sort of a snapshot into your, your childhood. Yeah. So um, if we're going right back to the beginning, mm. I suppose. Let's, I, let's do it. I'm, I'm from Edinburgh, actually. So I was born in Edinburgh. Um, live in Glasgow now. But um, I, was, I was adopted at birth. So... Um, at 30 days old, I was adopted, um, and so I was actually my, my my real name was Stephen Jakes. So I came into this world as Stephen Jakes. Although before before we knew that name, I was in the hospital in Edinburgh, and they didn't have a name for me, so they called me Arthur because my window looked out into Arthur's seat. 
Is that serious? So yeah, so I went oh from Arthur God. to Stephen, Jakes, and then at 30 days old, I was adopted um, and I became Andrew. So, <laughs> wow. so um, yeah, so I was uh, adopted and then um, my I, I lived um, in West Linton, um, which yeah. is just not far from Edinburgh, mm -hmm. and spent sort of first sort of half of my life, um, well, I, can, I suppose primary three, primary four, then moved to Bigger, which is in South Lanarkshire, um, and uh, went to school there. Um, and I suppose at school, um, I was always very creative. So I played in bands um, my whole sort of school mm. career. So I played guitar. So I always thought I'd be a mu musician. Is that right? Enough. Yeah. Um, although <laughs> I was going to music and art. So my, my adopted mum, who's my mum, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, she, she always kind of nurtured kind of art with me. So she kind of like during the, during the week or weekends, she would kind of take me out into the countryside in Scotland and um, get me to paint um, or, or kind of get me to draw hillside and things and rather than painting when we were out there we'd number like the hills and sort of write down a colour that would represent it and then we'd go back to the house and paint these pictures. Oh wow, jeez that's quite, quite yeah. scientific. Ah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, so she kind of, I think, I suppose it kind of forced kind of art on me, uh, well, not forced art on me but like inspired art on yeah, me really yeah. and um, uh, so I suppose as, as, as a young kid, I always knew like kind of art or music was going to be something I was interested in. So I thought maybe an architect. And then by the time I got to school, I realised that you could get girls um, if you played guitar in a band. So, <laughs> so, so I've been, I, I, had, I had motivation to learn guitar and uh, played in bands all the way through yeah. school. And um, that so explains the guitar on the wall and the grave with the lighting yes. behind it. Yeah, exactly, okay, yeah, that's okay. my guitar through all my sort of um, gigs at school. That's the one that so it's now on the wall. At yeah, the grave. And I suppose no one's ever asked before. They all just pass it by. <laughs> that's, that's that's it. Yeah. Um, but I suppose I, by the time I kind of got into sort of fifth or sixth year at high school, I realised I sort of I realised it looks quite hard to make any sort of money doing music. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of my friends they all went off to Edinburgh to Julianesque um, College and they all went down the music route. And I suppose around that time I got one of the first PCs at school. So I was the kid at school that got the PC and I realised well, I could make fake IDs for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the first scanner, I got the first digital camera, and I think my digital camera had a two megabyte. Um, SD card, well, it wasn't yeah, an SD yeah. card, but it was before SD. It was a two megabyte card, um, and I realised, oh, I could take pictures of people. Uh, I could scan them in, and you know, and I and I and I, um, I, I would make the first fake IDs at school. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, from, I suppose from there, I, I'd realised um, at school, I, I quite realised, I, I sort of tinkered around. I think with Photoshop, I think it would have been Photoshop three. So this is not CS three for anyone that's doing it now. This is like Photoshop three, really early. Um, and I, I realised there was a kind of graphics course or it was multimedia design and production in Glasgow, and so I picked to go there. So wow, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so fake IDs. So fake that IDs. Was the gateway. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, that's the gateway. <laughs> I remember the world of fake IDs myself. Uh, well, yeah. that was. I mean, that was like the. You know, if, you, if you're the guy that could do that at school, you get a lot of worth. Yeah. <laughs> you hold the keys to the kingdom, <laughs> keys to the pub. And yeah. at, at uh, our age, it was probably easier to, to fake them then than it is now. Oh, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, the way I used to do it, I used, um, I think, before I had the, I think before the digital camera, I used to just scan in normal photos and then... <laughs> And then I cut them all out, cut, print out the thing um, from Coral Draw or something. Yeah, I can't remember. yeah, I remember that. And then I didn't have a laminator, so I just used to get sellotape and like oh. wrap it round. 
<laughs> it's very so I mean, anyone looking at it would have been like, what, what, the, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, but they seem to work. They seem to work, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Um, So at what point did you fully, I guess, abandon the the music career to go fully into the creative industries? Yeah, so I think when I went to study in Glasgow, um, the course was multimedia design and production. Mm -hmm. So so I'm 37 now, so I'd have been 18. And that was when the internet was just trying to figure itself out, Um, you know, Web pages were still just HTML and CSS wasn't even a thing yet, so you didn't have CSS styling. Um, and YouTube hadn't really taken off hugely then, because yeah. I suppose kind of bandwidth and um, sort of inter- inter- uh, internet bandwidth issues, you didn't have the same sort of capacity you have now. So mm-hmm. YouTube was still very much in its infancy. And I remember actually at college doing a thing saying, you know, there was a, one of our um, reports we had to write was what could the future of YouTube look like? And this is before <laughs> everyone can imagine what it's like, what it's like now. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, you know, I carried on for the first couple of years while I was studying, I played in bands, but then eventually I kind of faded away a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, yeah, kind of, I think the course I did was, it was a little bit of everything. So a little bit of, um, web design development, a little bit of videography, a little bit of photography, a little bit of design. And I learned very quickly that my brain was visual. And, mm. you know, I could I could build a website, I could hack a website together, I could kind of like do a bit of PHP. But I learned very quickly that there was other people whose brains were much better at that. And mine worked very visually. So, um, and I think the music, you know, having music in the background, Obviously, it kind of it opens up a side of your brain as well of just how music's formed and put together. I think that kind of adding into visual oh, creativity is quite a good blend to have, you know, a good understanding to have. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> so how did you think, like, when you left that, what was your career vision? How did you think you were going to make money in that field? Yeah, so I'd never ever thought of setting up a business or running a business. No. None of that had ever, I suppose, in my, you know, back you know back to home life that's when my my mum and dad divorced when i was um probably primary three primary two primary three so i didn't really have a father figure around in the house and um so there was and there was my mum was a, a nurse and she worked in the evenings um so there wasn't really like an like an, any entrepreneurial influence of any sort so no one that kind of and even amongst my friends their parents were all teachers and mm. so i'd never really just never really sort of come into my brain that you could run a business or that really? that's something that's, that you could have the capacity to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, so I suppose like fast forward to when I finished college, etc. I thought, well, you know, I'd realised, oh, I can be a designer and I'd started to self-teach photography. So um, I started to realise when I was doing college stuff that, well, you need images all the time and, you know, I was like, why don't I start wanting to shoot them myself? Otherwise, you're having to buy them for stock, or yeah. you just couldn't find what you needed. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd been fortunate that my mum had bought me a, you know, a really good camera when I started college, and you know, um, so I started to self-teach photography. Um, and I think at that point, I became a photographer for M8 magazine, which was like the biggest clubbing magazine at the time. And this was before okay. there was club photographers. Yeah, you know, this is very common now that the people in clubs, but yeah. there's none back then. Um, so I, I think I must have been one of the first club photographers in Scotland. And nice. it was great as a student because, 
they, they would sort of drive you all around um, the country and sometimes down England and, you know, you just go to clubs, you right? access all areas and yeah. get a drink, free drink everywhere you go. And so it was like <laughs> so a... Was it a paid gig? Yeah, pay, I think 50 quid a night or something yeah. uh, when I was 18, 19. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you you would usually have taken that to go to a club. So I was in clubs and I was now, you know, um, <laughs> getting to see all the famous DJs. And, nice. Um, yeah, so that was... So, yeah, no, so... <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Um, so yeah, um, from there, um, so yeah, so there I left college. Or I went to Paisley University. Uh, I lasted a year there, so I did a year, um, got the degree. But um, my friend had got a job working for Paul McStay, who's the he was a Scotland and Celtic football captain. Now, I'm not a football guy, so I didn't know who Paul was. I don't uh, know who he is. No, I'm not, I'm not a football fan. But <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's, if you if you know Ali McCoist as a name, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's to Celtic what Ali was to Jeez. Rangers. So, wow, okay. Um, so, you should know who he is. Ah, uh, yeah, no. And that's what I was kind of looking at him. I should really know who you are, <laughs> Paul. Um, but I think maybe that's why Paul kind of liked me. So my friend got a job working from him out of college. And I think he was like, there was like two of two or three of us only out of that multimedia um, systems course that we did and then we got a job and um, Paul had finished his football career and he was doing coaching with kids um, so he'd come out of that and he said um, so he'd, he'd employed my friend Colin, Colin got a job with him and they were building websites for kids coaching and um, he, he said to me can you do a bit of freelance, a bit of illustration I think it was at the time. Mm -hmm. He saw my stuff and he said do you want a job? And I was like, yes, <laughs> no money. Um, so I started <laughs> I started working there. And um, not long after, my friend Colin left to go traveling. So it was just me and Paul McStay. And I think Paul probably liked me because I had no idea who he was <laughs> in football terms, you know. Because um, everywhere we went, you know, everyone knew who, who he was. Um, so I think he probably liked it that someone just liked him, you know, for, yeah, for him. Yes. You know, and like, yeah. Um, so he was, you know, I worked for Paul for eight years. Um, created a very small agency in Scotland called Midgibike. Oh, right, okay, um, so that was, right, okay. Yeah, so I, I kind of started there, and um, it was Paul's business, not my business. It was, you know, his all his money, his business. I was just, um, I suppose, just worked there with him, and I started as a designer, and over the years, we sort of built it up, and um, I sort of worked my way up to kind of leading the creative team there, so we kind of becoming creative director, and um, we had kind of like, sort of 3D animator with a web developer, a couple of web developers, and any one size, we were probably no bigger than about eight people. Um, but it was, it was great because um, we did lots of property. It was while property was doing well um, before yeah. the recession, right? Yeah. Um, so everyone needed property brochures and websites and that kind of stuff. So we were doing all that kind of work. Um, and yeah, no, I was, I was kind of there for eight years. And when we weren't busy, I was just on YouTube learning. And so I was learning design, learning photography, and just, I'm a, I'm a very active learner, like I, I've got one of these brains that if, I'm, if I've got a spare minute, I'm learning something, you know, that's my relaxation. So I was learning <laughs> my craft, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. And over the years as well, while I worked there, every bit of wage that I got, I was kind of, I was upgrading my camera gear. So I was like, next month I'll buy a flash and then <laughs> buy something else and then Lines. eventually <laughs> sell that to upgrade to get the next bit. Because, yeah. you know, it costs thousands and thousands to build up, build up your gear, as you'll very much know, you know. <laughs> I know so it well. It takes a long investment, you know, especially yeah. when you're not earning a huge amount of money, you know, which I wasn't back then because I was, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a small company, etc. Yeah. 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 So I suppose from, 
from that point, I, I stayed there for eight years. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had a great company, loved it, and um, didn't leave for any sort of negative reason. It was just that my I, my, my wife was pregnant, um, and. <laughs> When you suddenly realise, oh my God, you've got nappies to pay, childcare, she's not going to be working. I was like, oh my God, I need, I need some more money. <laughs> there wasn't enough money, you know, and it was a small company, so yeah. you know, and very much I get it now as, you know, there's not all, you know, everyone wants more money and you can't always give it. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the time I said to Paul, you know, thanks for my time here. Um, I'm going to just go off and explore and see if I can do freelance. Right, okay. So that was all I set out to do. <laughs> Literally, I thought, if I go out and you know and I do that, I thought I can make two hundred quid a day. I thought roughly that's I could see what freelancers often made a couple hundred quid a day. So I thought if I could get even three days a week, you know, worth of work, you know, it's going to make a bit more money than I was earning. Such a counterintuitive way to look at it because everyone tells your story like you basically were like committing career suicide by leaving with I know, you know I, yeah. a newborn baby, like only a thousand pounds in your bank, yeah. and you were just going to go and try and find your own way. But I suppose when you see it from that perspective, you saw that there was an op actually it was an opportunity to be able to do more than you were actually doing. Exactly, yeah. And I, th I do when I talk and tell this <laughs> on stage, or you know, to anyone, they say, "Wait a minute, you had the baby and then you left your job." You know, is that another point? You secure your job. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah. And, and I suppose looking back now, I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe I should have like <laughs> tried to negotiate a bit more, Paul. Can we get like a can we create a you know? But no, it was. Um, I think I'm the kind of person that. I came out knowing that I need to make this money, but I would, I would have done anything to make the money. So I would have gone cut hedges, cut grass, or you know, like really? just to make it happen. Yeah, so, yeah. and luckily for me, I had a great friend Grant who said, um, "I'll give you a desk for three months for free." So I thought, well, I don't have that to pay for. So that's you know, and it might not be the best or ideal office that I want, but mm -hmm. I thought I just need a place. Um, so I had a desk for three months. Um, uh, I knew that there was one wee bit of work that I'd spoken to a friend about that I could get. It wasn't enough to cover my mortgage, but it was enough to like almost, you know, cover something anyway. So yeah, um, yeah, I jumped out and um, yeah, and very quickly um, I just got very busy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't a mistake. <laughs> no. So like, but at the same time. So I jumped out, I thought I'll do the freelance design stuff, I start doing that and I'm out and about, you know, talking to people, trying to figure out where am I going to get work from. Mm -hmm. um, I set up a baby photography business at the same time, it's called I Am Baby Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'm going to be around kids and babies and I thought, well, if I can take a photography, if I can create websites, well, I might as well do it for them as well. Mm. So, and I'd seen that, you know, um, there was a kind of style of baby photography in America where you kind of wrap the babies up in wee cocoons, like wee kind of yeah. really cute, you know, and, yeah. and they would be hands, you know, like, <laughs> and, I, and no one was doing it here. And I thought, oh, there's a wee niche that I could kind of, I, I can do that style. Um, and then at the same time, I thought I'll do wedding photography. So I did baby photography design and wedding photography, and I thought I'll see which one rises to the top. So I did seven, seven weddings in the first six months, I think. I did all the baby photography and I very quickly learned that you could only shoot two babies a day. <laughs> so I thought, mm, this is, there's not enough, you know, money in terms of this because it takes longer than you think to do it because they need to pee, they need to poo, then you've got to kind of yeah, clean them up yeah. and then you've got to wait and wait and wait. And then, you know, so I thought that's, that's much more difficult than I, I ever imagined. <laughs> um, so I kind of turned the baby photography off. I kept doing the weddings for a while. Mm -hmm. Because um, you know you can earn quite decent money via weddings, and I thought balancing that out with the design, 
but the design just kept getting busier and busier. So, um, you know, I think within three months, I was in that little office, um, and yeah, I got, got really, really busy, and actually so busy that, um, you know, I was kind of working all the hours of the day, and going home at night, my wife, Pam, would be like, there's the baby. And I'm like, oh, baby now. <laughs> you know, so you're like, you're already knackered, but then you've got a baby and you're trying to kind of keep that going. Um, and I think once you have a baby, your kind of brain sharpens as well. Like there's something and you get a new focus of mm -hmm. what's important in life as well. Um, mm. And I had all that happening. And, um, and then I was sharing an office with Grant and another guy, Graham, and um, we got so, so busy. And I was like, shit, I need to do something different here because I can't maintain. I was starting to feel like burning out, you know, like okay. just all the hours of the day. I mean, <laughs> like, and I said to Graham, um, you know, I need to do something here. And um, he was wanting to join the police. And he's a fantastic designer, like 10 times better than I ever was. I'm probably a mediocre designer, right? Okay. You know, now that I've seen lots of designers <laughs> within my team, yeah. I'm mediocre. Um, <laughs> and Graham was fantastic. And he, you know, I said to him, uh, he was going to join the police. I said, don't join the police. I said, how about you work for me? Because at this point, there was so much that I couldn't deal with it. And um, he said, oh, no, Andrew, you know, I've got kids. I've got a family. I need minimum like 30,000 pounds. I was like, shit, I don't have <laughs> 30,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, but then someone said to me, you know, you, Andrew, you don't need 30,000 because, you know, a, a 30,000 pound salary um, over three, like per month is about two and a half grand, there or thereabouts. And, you know, you only, you only really need three months because, you know, you create a probationary period. And if you have that conversation, so me and Graham had a conversation of, well, Graham, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, well, see it three months. Are you cool? You could still go and do what you want to do or mm -hmm. I'll do what I do. And he was like, no, no that's cool. Um, so I hired Graham and um, yeah, very quickly he was busy. And then um, next person, next person, next person. And we didn't, hadn't, hadn't been to the bank or borrowed any money. And by the end of the year, I think we had six full-time members in the team. What? Uh, and I was like, oh, this is busy. <laughs> oh. um, and we were sharing with some other companies, like other freelancers. So we're kind of like, this is too busy for everyone now. So, um, so there was a space available just up the stairs from us um, in that first office. Um, and uh, I said, well, we probably should take that. <laughs> and it was too big and I probably couldn't afford it um, at the time. <laughs> but we were like, right, we're made brave. We've got to do this. Um, how, how did the name come about and the name because uh, you've got the little the little r with the circle the registered trademark yeah, now with yeah that. it's all registered now um <laughs> do you want the which story do you want do you want the marketing oh. story or do you want the real story and I mean, the, the real one the real, one, the real right. story so um <laughs> it's the hardest thing ever to do to create your own brand name even if you're in branding it's, it's just it's the, it's the, it's, and it's actually even when we're doing stuff for clients like naming is difficult naming is not easy because you know you've got to come up with something original and then you've got to try and make sure it's trademarkable and yeah. You can get domain names and social, etc. Um, hmm. But no, I, I spent a weekend with, away with my friend Audrey, who's a copywriter, and my wife uh, and a couple of friends, and uh, the weekend away with the babies, obviously at the time. Um, and we were like, just let's brainstorm this whole weekend. So we're just you know chucking about ideas, and eventually I couldn't couldn't get anything. I was wearing a diesel T-shirt that said "Only the Brave" on it, and um, <laughs> my wife said, "What about Brave?" And I was like, oh, brave's a good word. <laughs> but I didn't want it to be Scottish, right? I really didn't want to go down that whole kind Scotland of, the brave. you know, William Wallace, yeah, God, yeah, you know, yeah. that's not where I wanted to go with it at all. So it wasn't meant to be that. 
But I thought the word brave is really good. I thought that's really positive. Like, who doesn't want to be brave? Um, and so we, so I liked the word brave. And I started kind of trying to place words with it. And, you know, I was like, brave, creative. This is brave. We are brave. I am brave, you know. And nothing was <laughs> sticking. And But again, you know, it was one of those nights just lay in bed all night and didn't sleep. My brain's kind of flicking through every combination. Mm -hmm. and, and somehow the word made brave came to came beside each other. And I went, that's, that's really good. And so, like, in the middle of the night, phone out <laughs> on one, two, three, reg, checking domain names. Oh, okay. And, like, everything was there. Facebook was there, everything, you know. And I typed in Google, and I think at the time, the words made brave together. There was, like, I think zero point, you know, like, yeah. three searches. <laughs> nothing nothing comes up on Google, you know. Um, oh. So, in the morning, I said to my friend, Audrey, the copywriter, made brave. And she's like, stop. That's it. Done. And so and that was it. Awesome. Um, but obviously it plays nicely now into like, you can say kind of, um, you know, you, you know, like if you, you, we make brands brave, you know, you're made brave. And so yes. it's a nice story. It kind of, um, and it also tied back into the fact that I'd made a brave decision. Yeah, leaving when of I course. Had a, yeah, you yeah. know, a young child, um, you know, so it, it all kind of, it works on every kind of plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a good name. So catchy, and it's so now well recognised. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it seems to stick really well with people, and um, and it's got so much play to it as well that you know I always think a good name, it's always best to kind of detach it from what you actually do, mm -hmm. um, and I learned that very quickly actually as the business was growing that I didn't want it to be attached to the service offering um, because I forgot to mention right at the very beginning I'd just come out and I just I was just Andrew Dolby freelance design and photography. Mm -hmm. But I very quickly realised like we need to create a brand. And when I realised how quickly it was getting momentum, I thought I'll detach the name from the service offering to allow us to be fluid and to allow it to change as as the, as the business changes. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So your your personal brand is separate from the business brand, is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so that yeah, so that I suppose just that the the brand itself made brave. It's allowing us to do anything that, that you know in the yeah. future um, okay you know like if you look at brands like you know and i can't i'm not comparing myself to virgin but you know like if you look at brands like virgin mm -hmm. they you know it allows richard branson to do whatever he wants because you know the equity is in that virgin name yes. So much like with made brave if we go off to do you know virtual reality in the future you know like mm -hmm. then i can still attach it to that and it allows me to have that freedom it's not just branding or advertising yeah yeah so. There's a few questions that I could ask here. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you, this is probably one of the later questions I was going to ask, but in terms of like what you were able to achieve then, that was probably 2012. Yeah. Um, how feasible do you think that it would be if you were doing it today? And what would be some of the, maybe the challenges or what would be some of the advantages? Of, of, doing of just basically starting Made Brave in 2019 rather than at the time when you started mm. it. Um, do you think, as in, you know, would it, is it more saturated today? Is it because there's more social media opportunities to be able to market yourself? Would it be yeah. easier to get clients? Just mm. that sort of thing. I'm just wondering. Yeah. No, I think we, we hit a nice point, I think around 2011, 2012, the Facebook algorithm was doing its kind of crazy thing <laughs> of where, you know, people were starting to get an understanding of how powerful Facebook could be. Yeah. Um, and I suppose back then, there were still lots of agencies. I mean, there's, I think there's, you know, um, a hell of a lot of agencies in the UK, but a lot of them still hadn't quite, you know, there were still people were transitioning from being print agencies into we're digital agencies now, you know, and you know, changing their names to that. Yeah. And I think we jumped on the Facebook and social thing quite early. Um, 
So we managed to ride the wave a bit and grow quite an audience quite quick because we started putting a lot of content. Now, we didn't actually mm-hmm. think that you could get business <laughs> running social media or managing pages or creating strategy for people at that point. We were literally just doing it because we were enjoying the ride. It's like pre-content marketing. Yeah, we were just, we were <laughs> loving what we were doing. So we were yeah. building the narrative online and we, we were kind of giving us a buzz. It was kind of letting us see the progression that was ha- as it was happening. Okay. Um, so I think that would be harder now because everyone's everyone's now in and mm-hmm. everyone's trying it so yeah i think that's where that's a bit of luck that i had then um, but i didn't see it at the time i didn't know that you know if that makes sense yeah yeah because um, there was one or two of the things i can't remember specifically what they were but they kind of went viral it was around um you know it was sort of photoshop or some sort of i can't remember specifically what it was but it was like you photoshopped yourselves and certain oh, you know, yeah. doing certain things or something yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah there's lots of that yeah, stuff yeah there, like online nerf battles with different <laughs> companies and um yeah i think I, I took a real love for it because it kind of gave like when i got sort of sidetracked to running a business you know you have to quite quickly especially the creative business you have to kind of stop doing a lot of the creative, you know, well, you don't have to, but I noticed that a lot of creative businesses that didn't grow was because the person who was the lead creative yeah. was very precious about, no, no, I must lead all the creative work and do it all. And yeah, yeah. I learned very quickly that there's better people out there than me that could do it better than me and that I wouldn't be able to grow the business because there's not enough bandwidth in my brain to, yes. to do it all. So, <laughs> so where I got my creative output was I gave someone else the role of creative director. So, you know, and that gave them the, you know, they could do that fully because they didn't have to run a business. So they can really look after the creative piece. I have to run a business, but when I got my creativity was like playing on the social media. So I was like, I'm going to play with guys. Today I'm setting up the studio. We're going to, you know, we're all going to dress up in Home Alone characters or, you know, whatever, whatever it was that, um, yeah. And so I think that worked really yeah. well because you had someone focusing on the work, <laughs> me focusing on the brand, but still running a business. Um, and mm. it, and it, it just gave me that, like made my heart happy, you know, <laughs> to, yes. to, to, to do that better creativity as well. So. Was there a specific time in your journey is an overused word, but was there a specific, uh, you know, size that the business was or when you were in a certain role um, that was like your favourite time period? Does that make sense? So that you were, you know, what I'm trying to, I suppose, get mm-hmm. at is, do you like now that you're in more of the sort of managing director role or did yeah. you like doing stuff um, more? I mean, when earlier, I felt, I, I, I stayed on the tools doing the creative for about maybe a year and a half. And as I say, it got too much that I just couldn't, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, you end up with stress headaches. You're trying to actually produce stuff, but you're thinking about HR issues. And, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. You can't, you can't, it doesn't, it doesn't almost work. Um, so I think when I finally said, look, I'm handing the reins over to someone else to do that. And that was a real kind of, I felt like that's, it's okay. That's that bit of my life now behind me. Okay. And yeah. I'm on the, the exciting bit for me now is like, can I grow a business? Yeah. Um, you know, everything I do, as I say, like I like to learn mm-hmm. and I almost felt like, like that's me done my bit of life as a designer. <laughs> Tick complete. <laughs> now I'm on yeah. to business guy version and run a business. Um, yeah, it's so, very different. Yeah, and so I'm 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 quite enjoying the bit where we're at now because now, mm-hmm. I mean, in Made Brave, I think we've got now 35 in the team, and at wow. Campfire in Glasgow, I think there's uh, just under 10, so we're about 45 people, and it's so it's taken a new kind of. Um, 
life, I suppose, at the moment, and mm -hmm. much more my role is out doing a lot of public talking, um, flying all around the world, kind of trying to, uh, I suppose, join dots <laughs> and yeah. open up opportunities. Um, and the nice thing about now is that we've got like a really nice leadership team, um, and I get like a lot of pleasure, pleasure seeing like people ping me links. Look at the film we just made, or this, or that. and I'm like, holy shit, did we make that? That's amazing, you know. And <laughs> yeah. there's something really nice that you're kind of, I suppose, empowering that cool machine system thing to work, and it's working, and it's producing amazing work. So, so I'm not precious about coming up with ideas, but okay. and I, but I get a lot of pleasure of seeing them come out under the Made Brave name. Now, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's good. It's 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 incredibly impressive that you've managed to do it all organically. Yeah, because there has I think been a bit of a culture in Scotland of I want to start a business, I need some sort of seed money or yeah. some sort of grant or something like that. I mean, yeah. Um, well, I suppose it, it depends on the type of business. You of know? course, a service-based business is is easier to do organically because, you know, if you make five thousand pounds and you know and your costs are not five you can put you know you can put a bit in the bank and put a bit in the bank until that builds up um but like often when you start a business you know you, you see you're earning money it can be tempting to go right but I just go and buy a Porsche now or buy, you know or buy things <laughs> i always had the like like don't be silly andrew like just put this and build and so we built a big cash reserve because you know business does that Mm -hmm. It's very, especially project-based business, it's spiky. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, look, let's be really clever and just build a big kind of pot cash to make sure that we can ride things. Um, however, like, you know, you, if you're, you know, product-based businesses, businesses that have got R&D at the beginning, and you often do need seed cash or investment first. So it's, um, you know, I, luckily I didn't need to go down that route. But mm -hmm. I can, you know, I can very much see why lots of businesses do need to do that. Yeah. Um, but there is, you're right. There is this kind of mentality where everyone's like, "Yeah, oh, you've got to go off and pitch to investors and get money." And um, sometimes you can just be clever and work hard. <laughs> there's, there's other ways around it. Really yeah, fast. yeah. And, and obviously, if you can avoid giving equities away at the beginning, yes, as, as much as possible, then um, it's always advisable. <laughs> yeah. Because usually, when you're small, you have to give away too much. To get a small amount of cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you can fund it, you know, like if you had a product-based business, but you can do services on the side to make some money, and then you know, then once you've got a little bit bigger and got a bit of a track record, then yeah, a better time to to, to, to give away equity. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at it now, obviously you've worked with some incredible, like global, big, big brands. Yeah. How do you go about creating new business leads these days? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're quite fortunate because we've done so much effort on the brand and, you know, it's almost got its own momentum mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we get a lot of inbound inquiries. So, you know, I think two or three leads a day come in Jeez. and they're not always the right leads, which is can be, you know, can choke you a little bit as well because you've got to try and figure out who's got the right kind of budget or not. Um, but I think consistency, um, you know, we're very consistent with our you know how we use social how we do our marketing mm -hmm. um, and you've got to put the hours and effort in you know it, it doesn't just happen there's a huge amount of effort behind the scenes but you know like by building the made brave brand um the reason i did that you know a lot of agencies um and no disrespect to any other agencies i'm not never that kind of person to push someone's head down or you know yeah, yeah. agencies often for I, I saw the pattern that agencies often um, only focus on the client work now i think that's great because you know you're, you're doing great work for your client however you know clients have a lifespan they're you know they're with you for you know three five sometimes longer years right and um, your brand's always there 
And I saw the mm. opportunity that if we could showcase that we can grow a brand and grow a successful business, well, then the customers are going to trust you. And then if you can make that work in tandem with doing amazing work, then you're going to have a stronger business than the ones that only focus on the business, you know, for the clients. Yes. You know? And by having like, and doing stuff with your own brand, it allows your creative team or all your team to try and test things to see if they work. Yeah. And you're then they're able to do them for clients. So. Yeah, I don't know what your original question there was. I'm not sure. That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, you know, it's like kind of balance no, no, of both. Is, you know, yeah, I think it works. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on. Well, it's, yeah, it's, 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 that is content marketing 101, really. Yeah. You know, but also allows people to see uh, an insight into into what you do. So you, you've, I mean, you've diversified a lot. You know, you had like your own um, clothing. Uh, yeah. What was uh, made of original, made of originals? Made of originals, yeah. 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 Uh, and now there's the acquisition of Campfire, the yeah. Born Original Group. Yeah. Um, how did that all sort of come about? I know there's a lot there, but yeah. Well, um, of Campfire, mm -hmm. um, Lewis uh, Phillips, mm -hmm. um, Lewis and I have been friends for quite a few years, um, and um, we'd been part of another group called Power of Youth which is a kind of mm -hmm. value-led, uh, it's now actually, Power of Youth has now become... Future X. Future <coughs> X, et cetera, yeah. And so I was kind of, I suppose, one of the early, early members of um, Power of Youth, as it was then with Adam, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And um, so kind of that, that network's all kind of built around values-led business, you know, and I'm a big believer in it that if you actually look after people and try and be nice and good and, hmm. um, you know, try and make the impact that your business have, do some good as well, um, that, you know, it, it's kind of good for everyone almost. And so Lewis was in that group as well, and we've been friends for years. Um, and Made Brave had kind of been doing its thing, and uh, I'd, I'd been, you know, coming visiting Lewis at Campfire, you know, every so often coming across. and. Um, I suppose we've been sharing, you know, sharing learnings. So, like, I was able to, you know, because I suppose in terms of team size, I was a bit ahead of Lewis. Then I was able to say, look, well, here's some problems that I had. This is how I fixed them. Um, but also, I was very inspired by Lewis because I love the work he was producing. And mm -hmm. he's like, Lewis is 23, but he's like the oldest 23-year-old. He's 23. Ever. He's 23. It's amazing. Oh he's my like, God. I, I, I tell him he's like Benjamin Button. He's going <laughs> backwards, right? So he's he came out as an old man, and he's getting younger as he as he as he as he goes, you know. <laughs> Um, he was just 23, wow. Yeah, and he's, he's, the work that Lewis and the team there were producing was unbelievable. And I suppose it made Brave, when I grew it, um, I started off with what was uh, close to me first, because like, I was a designer and a photographer, so we crew the design team, creative team out first, and branding, um, and then social media, a marketing team, tech team, now we've got a strategy team and accounts and all the other bits. And always, like when you you know when you build a brand for someone, brand then turns into some sort of website, you know, some sort of campaign, and you know, and to have great website and a great campaign on social or outdoor or whatever, mm -hmm. it needs great content, and you know, so we had often been using third-party production companies, and like that kind of second layer can be quite difficult because um, you know you've got a second layer of costs. You know, you've then got a second layer of margin. Yeah. Then if your client wants to change something, well, you've got to get someone go. else to change something and then yeah. they want to charge for that. And then you've got to charge for it because it's taking you time. And you can imagine the kind of, um, so Lewis had grown Campfire and he was producing amazing films and motion graphics for people. But likewise, when you create those films, well, 
they need to go out on social and be distributed. They need landing pages for websites. And often as well, they need strategy to kind of plug into it. So we were kind of sitting one day and we were like, maybe, this, what, you know, what are your plans? What are my plans? <laughs> okay. And we, we realized it may actually make much better um, sense to kind of merge and come together. So we realized, so that was last year. Um, so we decided then, let's make Born Original Group. So Lewis became a director in Born Original Group, along with me and one, um, uh, my operations director at Made Brave, Stephen. Um, and so now... So the is that like the parent company? Yeah, so now yeah. we've got this group and we still like the run umbrella. two companies. Um, so they're owned by Born Original. But fully autonomous. Yeah, so, yeah. so okay. we want to keep the cultures the same um, because we realise that, you know, they're, they're both different businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and you know you don't want to force Made Brave's culture on Campfire, or you know because it's got something magical and special that that Lewis has built. Mm -hmm. So Lewis runs Campfire, I run Made Brave, um, and but together, myself and Lewis and Stephen, we run the group to manage both. So and 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 the great thing now is it means that we've it's essentially because it's essentially one company, you know, um, that we can be really fluid for jobs, you know, work together, mm -hmm. um, and but we can. You know, clients can just have that if they want, just have that, or they can have it all. Yeah. And it works really well together. So we've, it, it, you know, it's been working amazing. Um, it's really one of those ones where like, damn, we should have done this like a year ago, because this, <laughs> this works really well. Yeah. yeah. What, what are some of the future plans for it then? So, um, yeah, the future moves at a pace these days, doesn't it? So, uh, you know, usually people say, what's your three year, five year? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't even know my three month plan at the moment, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think um, we're enjoying the ride at the moment. We're enjoying seeing how this, you know, how this comes together. Um, we're growing campfire at the moment. So um, we've just sort of tripled the size of the studio in Edinburgh. Um, wow. So we've taken an extra load of extra space. We're fitting all that out just now, which is fantastic. Um, and we're building out sort of a bigger team there just to make that, um, I suppose, um, yeah, well, I suppose like just when it's smaller, it's less robust. So you kind of want to make that a little bit more robust. But like most of the campfire stuff, it's kind of international shoots flying all over the world. Mm. Um, so we've also, we've now opened a um, space in, in London. So we have one employee down in London. Um, so we're looking to grow the London piece out now. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose it's kind of like keeping these businesses niched on certain things. So we've got a content one, we've got a brand one, and you know we're looking for another couple of acquisitions at the moment. So mm -hmm. I'm just trying to fill out that that group. Yeah, um, Lewis is like me very much that um, kind of like like to do a little bit of everything. So kind of <laughs> you know you're kind of bored if you're just doing that one thing. So yeah, I think yeah, having yeah. the group now allows us to have bits of everything everywhere. So I like yeah. it. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always figuring it out, you know, like I'm very much kind of, I suppose, opportunistic as an entrepreneur, if you can call me that. Like, um, I, you know, I like to see, you know, that's why I like to travel a lot because you see things that you might, your brain hasn't been open to. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't like to say this is just my plan because if my brain gets open to something else, I'm going to change that now because I've, I've learned something else. So, yeah. So I can, I can change it anytime. What are your thoughts on the term entrepreneur? Yeah, well, I can't even spell the words. Like, <laughs> literally, my brain does not work dramatically very well. Or, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I think I'm probably dyslexic, but I've never had the test. You know, is I, that right? I think so. I think I could, you know, you could teach me to spell entrepreneur uh, in the morning, and in the afternoon, I'll need to ask you again, how do you spell it? So, like, something in my brain doesn't work. Um, no, dyslexic people have a tendency to be a lot more creative. Yeah, well, I've actually found, you know, while growing made brave, that a lot of designers. 
um, there's a lot of them that have struggled with words more, mm -hmm. you know, than, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, I think maybe if you're visual, it maybe doesn't work. I don't know. So, um, yeah. So I, the term entrepreneur, I didn't even know what it meant for about three or four years. <laughs> and then I started hearing it, like when you see all, like, you know, um, yeah. all the uh, kind of, I suppose just all the networking things around. Yeah, um, entrepreneurial spark. Yeah, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I, I'd never, I probably hadn't heard that word till I was 30 years old, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I am one or just, you know, I'm just doing, you know, getting on, so. Just doing entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, suppose, I, suppose, I think, you know, I think, if the, if the meaning is right in my head, I suppose it's when you've taken risk to create something that then sustains itself in a way or another. Um, so sounds like you, Andrew. I suppose that's. I suppose, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Who knows though? Who knows? <laughs> um, you wrote an article on LinkedIn, uh, something like, well, "I've started a podcast and you should too." Mm. It was to that effect. So, what was the rationale for starting your podcast? You should try and give me some rationale. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Why? Um, no, I think um, podcasts, I think this is a good time for podcasts. I think it's probably a great time if you'd done it a couple of years ago and you already had 90 or 100 videos in your, in your bank, as you have. Um, so I'm probably slightly late to the party. So I think, um, but I think I don't think it's too late for anyone else. I think it's a really good time for it, especially with voice and, you know, Amazon, Google, all these people are putting a lot of money towards voice and these applications. And I think we're all still to figure out, you know, how big or small it's actually going to be, but I think probably mm. big. Um, but I think the great thing about podcasts is, um, you know, when you're producing content for social, you're kind of relying on people have to get their phones out, you know, and they have to be watching something. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Facebook are doing some weird stuff right now where, you know, you've got like in-content ads, which I really don't think is a great move for them. No, where you're watching that. a video and there's an ad pops up and it's now unrelated to what you're watching. Whereas what was great about Facebook, I think, was that when you're being served, you're served ads, you're actually being served relevant content that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason they're doing this, I can't fathom that now you're getting served something. So you actually dis you, you, you jump away out of the ad. Yeah. Um, so I think the, th the great thing about podcast is that you can get on doing what you want to do and then you're there in people's brains. You know, you're right there, right in their ears, like <laughs> every morning on my way to work, to work, anytime I'm driving to a meeting, when I was driving over to Edinburgh today, podcast, 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 you know, that's what I do. And you get this really emotional um, or really like, uh, you get like a real close relationship almost to the person, to the, the people that you're listening to because yeah. they're in your brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they're yeah. listening to you and it's like, it's like your friend, <laughs> you know, because often if you're busy, you know, you're about all the time and it's pr you probably listen to these people more than you do your friends. So yeah. great influence. Um, and mm. then I think, if you can figure out the whole monetization thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and you know, and if you hear their voice talking to you about an ad, so like, you know, buy this cup, you know, it's, you know, you're kind of, you kind of almost tend to trust it a little bit more because yeah. you're like, well, if they let them in the door and you know, they're there with them, well, then it must be a good company because I trust them and, and you know, but I suppose you, you've got to make sure if you're trying to monetize that the people you do partner with or that, you're not trying to, you know, uh, is someone that's kind of the, the, the share same values or beliefs. I yeah, think, yeah, you know, yeah, so, that's massive. So, you know, so I think if you're trying to monetize a podcast, you've got to be very careful. 
and make sure you pick the right kind of the brands to sit with you. Yeah. Because yeah, I think yeah. if you lose someone's trust, they'll be gone and that's it, you know, so. Hmm. Um, but the, the, I mean, the other great thing about podcasting is, you know, it can be done quite cheaply. <laughs> I mean, uh, not with your setup or my setup. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, it can be, it can, you know, you can, you, can, you can go all in or you can, you can, you can literally get your yeah, iPhone, an iPhone and do on it, the table, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's why it's quite good for people as well is that you can start it small and scale it yeah. if you want. So yeah, um, I was that I was that guy once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But 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 it, I suppose it brings other benefits as well. It brings it creates a new network. You know, we found with us, it's now you know we're now you know flying down to London to to meet people. They're now your pal, and yeah, then yeah. You know, they make a, they're made aware of you and what you do. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a great networking tool, I guess. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, as well. Um, and yeah. it plays to people's egos, doesn't it? Right? You know, like <laughs> you sent me an email, Andrew. I want you to be my oh, you want me, <laughs> me, Elliot, to be you know, like, <laughs> and that you know that's kind of the response uh, it creates with humans, doesn't it? So that they feel yeah. like, oh. and then if you say, look, here's the guests we've had before. Oh, I'm as I'm as interesting as those people you know so I'm validated yeah exactly so um no and, and, and i suppose it's quite enjoyable isn't it as well yeah, it's you great know, you know yeah. the, meeting people and i'm sure you are all the time you learn a little nugget from every little one um and so yeah it's got lots of benefits that brings me so well onto my next question what's the number one lesson that you've learned from the podcast so far oh on the <laughs> podcast so far well i think i think learning that you you're still learning um i think that's uh, every time I think it's really nice, the format of podcasting, because people open up. I mean, I've said things today already that I'm like, shit, did I say that? <laughs> Wait, we need to go back and edit back there. Uh, you know, like, people tend to open up quite a lot Big in time. this kind of format. And because mm-hmm. um, you forget the cameras are there, you forget <laughs> stuff. Um, so I think you get little deep little bits of learning from people. Um, and you learn, you know, there's always stuff to learn. You know, like, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, like, if, if, if you're in a conversation um, and people talk in jargon or, you know, or, or say something you don't know, just ask. Mm. Ask that time and you're, you know, you're a, something like you're a fool for two seconds, but, you know, you, you know, like, yes. yeah, and then yeah. you've gone on and you've kind of leveled up again. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that, 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 that piece that, yeah, there's, there's so much to learn. So mm. never be complacent with what you've, you've already done. It's good advice, though. Yeah. Good. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I asked you this earlier, I'm going to ask it again. Who, who's the one person that you would most like to have on your show? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I'm quite a big Simon Sinek fan. Oof, uh, yeah. You know, I've been, um, I've kind of used, referenced him a lot and, you know, I built a lot around how we do branding at Made Brave, around his kind of um, golden circle and why. Um, yeah. I think he's quite a cool cat. <laughs> It'd be quite a good chat. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's uh, we kind of got Google Doc and we've kind of listed a whole load of people off there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of people, I suppose. Um, you know, but like I suppose every every day, every month, I kind of introduce to new people, and I'm like, oh, that'd be amazing. And you know, it's there's no there's no one target. For okay. Me, um, but there's a big there's a big list that I'm kind of trying to trying yeah. to work through. <laughs> I've got the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Simon Sinek would be great. Yeah. And I suppose, like you can, you know, what I found is that you can start to almost engineer it into your life somehow. If you if you know, you know, some of these people, you're like, oh, they're at that conference now. I'll go to that conference. Yeah. And, you know, um, like our first one um, that we did was a guy called Noah Klokek, mm-hmm. um, who's an art director at Pixar, and we were talking at the same conference, and I was like, 
me and Lewis had been talking about doing a podcast for so long. We we're like, we need to get on with this podcast. We, need to. Like, we just hadn't got there. We got too sidetracked with other stuff. And I thought, that guy's talk was amazing. Noah's talk was really inspiring and just a really nice guy. And I went, why don't we just ask him? <laughs> and I literally <laughs> took that. Hey, Noah, I'm Andrew. Nice to meet you. We're just starting a podcast and we'd love you to be your first guest. And he's like, okay. Like, well, that was easy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then, as soon as you get the first one, it's easy to get the second one, and yeah, because it's then a thing. Yeah, yeah, so it exists. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so it's been, it's been good. Hmm. What's your favourite brand and why? Oh, made brave, no. <laughs> My favourite brand. Um, God, I should really have thought about that beforehand. I'm sure someone asked me this recently, <laughs> but I just went like frozen. Um, I don't know. I. I I suppose I don't have, there's, there's not one that like I'm purely, like, that I follow religiously. I kind of take mm -hmm. inspiration from everywhere. Um, and sometimes it's the smallest new starts. I'm like, that's clever what they did. Or sometimes it might be the big ones, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I suppose that kind of comes back to your question of like, who's, who do you want for the podcast or who, mm -hmm. you know, if you ask me the kind of question, like who inspires me the most, I'm not like, no, it's not one brand, one person. Like I take a wee bit of everything. Like you've inspired me today with some of the stuff you've said, and oh, you know, mate. yeah, and like <laughs> it, I take a little bit from everyone. So like, mm. there's little things that lots of brands do. Um, but I mean, like I was down a great band actually. Just filmed the last podcast, a brand called Karma Cola. Um, yeah, I know who they are. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a great brand. I'm taking a lot of inspiration away from Simon and his 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 business. Um, yeah, and I, I suppose that's how my brain more tends to work. I suppose I, I'll fix on a brand for like a wee while and I'll be like to the guys, everyone's got to look at this, this is amazing. And then, but then yeah. next month I'll be like, everyone look at this, this is amazing. <laughs> and you know, and just trying to take a little bit from everything and, yeah. and every situation, so. Good stuff. This is, a, this is probably a tricky question, but um, what's the quickest way someone can make their brand bigger, bolder and stronger? Mm. Uh, so I, I suppose I always say, um, I think when you grow a business, like a lot of the stuff floats around in your head for like if you're a founder or, you know, um, so you might under, you might think you, you kind of got roughly what your values are, the people you're trying to recruit, you might have a kind of understanding of where you're going and but you've got to share that very quickly with your team and make it more than just you. Mm. So, you know, when we do branding, it's not about doing the identity, right? That's a very small part of bringing a brand to life. It's this, there's a lot of stuff before that, like where you, you know, I always say, and kind of coming from the Simon Sinek stuff is like, what's your purpose? What's the why? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you can try and nail that down and, you know, even if you, if you can't figure it out yourself, figure it out with your team, you know, and get a real strong purpose, get, you know, figure out your vision, figure out what those values are and, and solidify them and get them down and out your head. And preferably not just on a PDF, like bring it to life somehow, you know, or, or do something with them. Yeah. And I suppose, if you can get that kind of core understanding, then when you come to do identity or when you come to do campaigns or you're trying to attract people or recruit people, you've got like a reason to be doing it, you know? Um, yeah, I suppose that, uh, yeah, figuring out your purpose, figuring out where you're going and making sure you share that with everyone and making sure they all understand the values or behaviors or beliefs that you're kind of trying to build. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what, what do you think is your own personal purpose? I think it's probably tied quite closely to Made Braves. I think it's that I enjoy, you know, if I've like, I, I think I'm quite good at joining dots or seeing the space between dots, if that makes sense. It's like I can kind of 
you know, when I see people that are running businesses and they ask for advice or, and I'm like, just do that. It's right there, it's right, right in front right. of you, you know? And like, I'm like, how did you miss that bit? And uh, and it's not that I, you know, like any cleverer, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not, but like, it's like, I think I can see in between the gaps sometimes. And so I suppose my part, I like to go, that bit, and they go, oh, shit, yeah, I've missed it. And it's like, that, that kind of inspiring that they didn't think that way, and then they've did it that way. They, they've seen it now, and then I love seeing someone coming back in a year's time and say, Andrew, you spoke to me a year ago, and you told me this, and look what I've done, and I've turned it into something. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that, that, that kind of gives me fulfillment. I kind of, yeah, I think that's probably it, just kind of helping people see the potential or the the little bit they've missed or you know and it's not you know i think it's just sometimes you're too close to whatever you're building you know like you'll be with doing this you'll be kind of focused on continuously doing this was my next guest was my, and there, there might be like a wee opportunity you've not thought about because you're head yeah. down in it you know yeah yeah and so i, I kind of i think i'm probably the guy that kind of dips in and goes oh there's a wee thing and that's you know <laughs> that makes me feel kind of good you know yeah that's a good one yeah. <laughs> How would you like to be remembered? What would you like your legacy to be? Um, uh, I like, to, you know, I like to think of myself as a real positive person. That um, you know, even when bad things happen or when um, things aren't going your way, I'm kind of like just let's keep going. Let's just like um, you know, let's be positive and let's you know, and I, I try and see the good in everything. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I always say kind of like, you know, anytime you're doing public talking or you're doing anything, right? The people, people remember the energy that you left them. They don't remember half the stuff you said, right? Yeah. So, you know, probably watching this or, you know, and so you don't, you don't remember half the things you said, but you remember the energy someone left in the room. And I suppose I would kind of like to be left for positive energy and kind of, um, yeah, just, just kind of trying to, yeah, just I suppose that kind of like some sort of positive impact. You know, I'm I'm not here to, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are like here to change everything in the world. You know, and I and I, and I don't think anything wrong of that. Again, um, but I think you know, like you need some people that are just going to pepper in some positivity in the world. You know, like you know, it's, you, you know. So I think if I, if I was maybe. Think that I've never thought about that before. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a good <laughs> question. That one. I'm like, give me give me a minute to ponder. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think leaving some positivity and sort of positive impact and you know and, and what people often say about the made brave you know they oh they loved it we followed it for ages and it's kind of given me this idea for this and that and i think i think that's quite a nice if you're creating positive impact and kind of pushing that out of the way so, yeah 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 I don't, I don't i don't know if this is something that you've ever considered but you'll be able to tell me in a second but in terms of like i mean i think made brave obviously will be a part of your legacy but mm. in terms of like succession planning or like you know 50, 100 years in the future. Yeah. I mean, is it something that you think your family will ultimately go into? Will it be like a, you know, like a sort of multi-generational business? Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, my wee boy Finlay, he's obviously seven years old now. So he's yeah. like, I said, what do you want to do when you when you get older? Whether it's a job, well, he's like, I want to be Boba Fett from Star Wars. <laughs> so that's his first answer. <laughs> and then when I explain, <laughs> Good, you know, but more practical. You know, bounty hunter. I don't know if there's much work for bounty hunters these days. Um, he's like, you know, I'm, he's like, I'm going to run Made Brave. Um, I don't Has know. He said you know that? Yeah, that's what he. That's what is he that said. right? Yeah, but I think he thinks Made Brave is just a big playground because when he comes in, he's like on the segway, segwaying around. Like, 
we've usually got some sort of crazy shoot on and you know there's a ball pit or yeah. you know the place is decorated up like uh, a winter wonderland so i don't think he quite realizes that there's like kind of work done in between that um no i don't know i, th I think um i'd quite like at some point to try something else um i think you know i'd quite like to use the marketing and brand knowledge i now know and build a product business you know really but I think at the moment I need to focus on Made Brave. I mean, I've, uh, in the past I've done lots of little bits and bobs at the same time as Made Brave, and I think I've lo I've watched a lot of like really successful entrepreneurs, and they all seem to focus, you know, at least on their, you know, you need to get your one thing out of the way first. So I think you know I'm trying to just now, and you know, me and Lewis, and we're all trying to focus on like let's do the best of this ability to what we can make this the best it can be. Um, and then at some point, um, yeah, I think I think I'd probably like to do try something else. I'd like to see what else I'm capable of using all that knowledge. Yeah, yeah. But I feel yeah. like I've we're doing that for all these clients. I'm like, can I, I could that use for it for you know something? Um, and I just I think that to have that different challenge of not a service based business, I'd like to kind of. Um, I think mm. that would be a new learning for me, and because uh, I kind of know the service based business now and. Um, you know, not, not that I've perfected it by any means, you know, like I'm still always working on it. But um, yeah, I'd like to see, yeah, what else, what else Interesting. capable of, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. What, what sort of product do you think it might <sighs> be? Oh God, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite, you know, um, I've seen the Amazon thing blow up and kind of, and I've seen that kind of the brands that win on Amazon are brands that, well, I suppose it's products that have really good brands, you know? So, you know, I, mm. I, I just, um, I've read a lot of books now on um, kind of the whole Amazon model and how that works. And yeah, I'd quite like to take a wee visit to China and just kind of get in amongst Willy Wonka, you know, it's like Willy Wonka for business <laughs> yeah. out there and kind of Charlie's Chocolate Factory and kind of, you know, because there's so much out there and then just start to kind of marry brand brain and products together. And yeah, so, oh, wow. so, so I've not got, I've not got, I've got a few ideas. I've got some kind of, um, app, app ideas as well. But yeah. Kind of, there's, a, there's 40 ideas muscling around in there somewhere, but, wow. um, but I'll stay focused to Made Brave for the time being. And that's the... And so, do, do, and this is obviously, you know, all currently hypothetical, but mm -hmm. do you see yourself keeping a hand in Made Brave? Do you ever see yourself potentially selling the business or? Yeah, might I'd, I'd say never say never. Really? Um, yeah. Never say never. I mean, um, yeah, you don't know what the future holds. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not I'm not overly money driven in terms of that's not my one goal in life. Um, but you know, there, there's something to be said for having the money worry away. <laughs> you know, and there's something yeah. nice that I've seen that you know, you know, because at the moment you've got huge outgoings every month and it's there every month, and that and there's quite a stress that lies on your shoulders you know, to yeah. manage that. Um, and there's something nice, you know, in the fact that you know when you can take that away that you can then purely think about what do you want to do rather than what you have to do mm. um so yeah no mm. i'm not i'm not adverse to the idea i'm not sure when the time is right um i think i've got more to give to made brave first mm -hmm. um but you know um yeah no i've you know it's um obviously the deal and and, and what i've been moving into would have to be right and it, you know it doesn't always necessarily mean selling your whole business because you can sell a portion of shares yes. which might do that Mm -hmm. um, and then it means you can still have uh, a hand in. Um, and I think, you know, 
I do love being part of a creative business. I do love, you know, my brave campfire every day is different. You never know what brief is landing on your doorstep or yeah. you know, just now we're building a Trojan pig. Um, literally, <laughs> if you imagine a Trojan horse, a giant Trojan horse, we're building a Trojan pig at the moment for a campaign. And Seriously? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we've just been filming this. Yeah, you'll see it come out in the next, well, uh, probably out now. A, you probably yeah, go and yeah. search for Trojan pig. Trojan pig, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, do you have like a, a bucket list or do you have life goals that you wish to accomplish? Um, I'd always wanted to travel a bit more. I kind of missed when I was younger. I didn't do the, you know, I went straight from school to uni to yeah. into work. And mm. um, I didn't do much travelling, but I'm getting to do that now. Um, you know, like already this, in the last two months, I've been Switzerland, New York, Barcelona, Switzerland, London, Tenerife, you know, like I've, I've kind of wow. seven or eight countries and so I'm getting to see the world now, which is nice. Um, um, so, you yeah, know, I'd like to do a little bit more traveling, you know, um, but no, bucket life, you know, I always say, um, you know, at Made Brave, I kind of talk about kind of the balance, if we have it right, is that, you know, we need to be really creative and do amazing work. Um, we need to be commercial to because we need to pay for stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not there as artists. We need <laughs> to have a business that is going to make money for clients um, and sustain what we have. And then I always say there's kind of like a Venn diagram: creativity, the enough, um, the enough, the right amount of money to look after everything, and then family time. You know, I'm kind of. I don't want one of those agencies that's known for working till midnight and through the night. Uh, mm. So I always say to my team, if we can work out the three of those, so make sure we're pricing accordingly and valuing what we do, mm-hmm. but let's be as creative and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, family and people and time and trying, because I, I never want to be one of those people who looks back and say, well, I didn't spend enough time with my son or, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and if at some point we can get rid of the money one. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So, yeah. you know, then you've got the balance. I suppose that would be my happy place is that I get to be creative and have enough time for family and um, life. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as you see a lot of people who run businesses and who drive themselves into the ground, you need to do 100 hours a week and you need to hustle and all this stuff. And I don't know, I, I've always, with, since Made Brave, since the beginning, never worked weekends. So, you know, I've you know, close down at half five on a Friday, come back at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. And you don't need to do the weekend grind. You, know, mm. you don't need to be in there showing people that I'm working all weekend, I'm busier than you, you know, because <laughs> if you if you make that time for family and your own mental health, you know, um, I think that pays you even more dividends because, you know, you, you feel better, you look after yourself and, and people start to work around it. If you don't answer emails after six o'clock and if you don't, answer emails at the weekend, mm-hmm. people get to know Andrew doesn't answer an email if I send him that. So I'm not going to send him at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I stressed myself <laughs> out quite early at Made Brave is that, you know, um, what's really hard getting used to him in a business is like, you know, you get HR issues, you get people hand their notice in and, you know, and all these different things that happen. And I used to read all my emails at night and then you would learn, oh my God, someone's handed their notice in and they're moving on. Or, but you, you've read it at midnight, so mm-hmm. then you don't sleep during the night. So mm-hmm. then you go in the next day and you've got a stressful situation to deal with, mm-hmm. but you're even more stressed because you're tired. So at one point I stopped reading my emails after six o'clock and I realized, well, I don't get that email until nine o'clock. And at nine o'clock I'm rested yeah. and I'm ready to fix it. So I'm like, okay, like, how do we sort of sort this situation out? So yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
don't know where we started there. But I guess. So that's where we ended up. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure actually where we started there, but yeah. <laughs> what, what one thing would you change about Scottish business culture? Um, I think you seem to get a bad. Sorry, I'm really knocking your table over. Sorry. Um, I think people. I've always, you know, I thought no one's going to grow my brand for me. You've got to get out there and talk about it and be positive and tell people. And I've done that. I mean, I've literally done hundreds, if not thousands of talks by now, um, you know, about Made Brave and how I've grown the business and such. And in Scotland, there's this kind of thing. What, who do you think they are? Who do you think he is? <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> you know, literally, you know, oh. trying to grow a business, you know, look after a team. And um, I think if I could change anything, there's that kind of, and I can see it changing, actually. There's a lot of positive people in Scotland now going out and doing it. And, you know, you know, I think, but just like not being afraid to go out and talk about ourselves and talk about how great Scotland is. I think Scotland is a great place and there's a lot of amazing talent here. And we're so powerful, the fact how small we are and mm -hmm. people don't realise it is that, you know, from growing a business very quickly, you know, you get to sit in rooms that you would never get to sit in in other countries, right? You know, so mm. you can be in rooms of the leaders of the country and, you know, politicians, business owners, etc., or whoever, you know, and by, because you can get to the top of Scotland very quickly to, to, to do this, mm -hmm. well, then suddenly you can talk to the top of people in London and the top of people in New York and, and, mm. and wherever. And so I think, you know, if you imagine you start a business in America, like to try and scramble all the way up there to, to have any sort of influence or be able to make any positive change, that'd be really difficult. But we've got it really easy here. Um, mm. So I think, you know, I think that's a great thing about Scotland. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think we're, we're getting a really good entrepreneurial kind of ecosystem here. I think yeah. we've got lots of amazing things, you know, with Scotch Edge and Entrepreneurial Spark. Um, I've had great um, experience with Scottish Enterprise. They've really supported and helped my business. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of great stuff. Um, I just want to see more people um, getting out there, not being scared to talk about it. You know. Yeah, but I mean, you've received a lot of press coverage, and um, you know, Made Brave has become one of the really prominent kind of uh, icons of Scottish business, but. I think maybe for a lot of people, you know, I can sort of relate myself. It's like mm. it's difficult to even know where to start in making that stuff happen. Yeah. Does that take the form of like sending out a hundred LinkedIn messages, <laughs> or you know, is it picking up the phone and speaking to people, or you know, mm -hmm. is it like trying to arrange a, a networking group? I mean, yeah. by what means do you go about doing that stuff? I suppose. I suppose. I suppose I can only give my own experience yes. of doing it. Yeah. And I had a very early on. I thought to myself, I want to be. Well, I, I said I want to like get myself in front of every person in this country at least once. Is that right? Yeah. So I thought, well, if I can, you know, when I got my first talk, I thought, well, there's about three hundred people done. So then, what happens is you do a talk. Someone says, oh, I loved your talk. Can you do? Like, oh, great. There's another three hundred, three hundred. Then something suddenly you're talking to five hundred people. Then a thousand people, and you know, I think doing that public talking, you know gives you, that, that propels you because you've got like people standing there listening to you, you know, and then next and next and next. Um, but also getting out and about. Um, so, you need, you know, I, I, I see that, doing that, out to networking, you've got to put the hours in, you've got to meet people, you've got to make connections, you've got to friends. Um, don't shit on people, don't do like, you know, it's so small, it's so, you know, if you're, 
just be good to people and kind of pass on as much goodness and it tends to come back tenfold mm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to be doing lots of things, you know, so you've got to be doing that talking, you've got to be doing, you've got to have relationships with people, you've got to, you've got to be good at what you do as well. So mm. you've got to be, you know, Maybury's got to be a good business, otherwise it all falls down. Um, and then, you, you know, I always believe you've got to build a good story around your business. So, mm. you know, luckily I had one and I kind of, you know, I figured out, oh, that's actually what's part of the success as well is that kind of come from nothing to building something and everyone's trying to do that, right? They're all trying to figure out their own story. How do I go from here to wherever you want to be? Yeah. Um, and if you can nail that really, like nail it down, um, you know, you want it to be repeatable enough so you can say, oh, that's the person, that's the guy, the girl that, you know, and they can say it in a sentence. <laughs> yes. Then it's easily repeatable. Um, um, yeah, so I kind of, a blend of all those things. <laughs> Um, yeah. But not being afraid as well to kind of t to put yourself out there, um, and it is hard because you get you get negative people. I mean, there's there's a few little trolls that try and pick away at me, but um, mm -hmm. I just keep moving forward, and um, you know, like you've just I think you've just got to keep on keeping on. The, you know, the things you notice is that the people are positive and keep keep moving forwards, and you know, yeah. the trolls just keep sort of, but they, you know, you just. Yeah. You know, the haters are going to hate, right? You got to, you got to just <laughs> let them do their thing. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Good stuff. How do you define success? Um, I think you know, coming back to the answer before, I think it's just that balance of yeah, you know, yeah. for me being being getting the chance to be creative, keep learning, keep doing new stuff, and um. Yeah, and, and having the right balance of life as well. So I don't want it all to be about business. That's definitely not me. I want it like, you know, mm. need to have time to go camping, need to have time to spend time with my son. And um, yeah, there's, you know, success, just balance, I suppose, balance of life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Don't grow up, it's a trap. Don't grow up, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> where did you hear that? No idea. I think I saw it on a sandwich board somewhere. <laughs> like, I can't remember where. Oh, and I loved like, it. Sounds like something Gavin Oates would say. It does sound like something <laughs> Gavin Oates would say. Um, and I think there's a lot in that, you know, that, you know, you, just keep your mind young. And, you know, with Made Brave, we do all sorts of, you know, I'm like, why would you not have a ball pit in your office? <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at other places going, why, why am I, why? you know, and I think that's like just staying young and just like play, life and play, keep it all kind of, um, you know, everyone sits around, you know, I've found myself, you know, I, I like to put myself out of my comfort zone. So I sign up for boards or, you know, I'm asked to join boards and I say, yeah. And, and every time I do it, I'm like, shit, I'm like the child in this group. But I find that if you put yourself in comfortable situations and you, you're like, oh, I feel like the child here and everyone else is adults. But then you realise, no, wait a minute, they're all just the same. And you realise just human beings. And if you can try and break down that kind of barrier at some point by saying something or doing something, that you suddenly get everyone relaxed. So I think we're all trying to pretend to be adults, but we don't really need to. Just you know, mm -hmm. stay young, um, continue to learn, be playful, and um, yeah. Do you still get imposter syndrome? All the time. Seriously? Oh God, yeah. Yeah? I've got it coming here today. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you know? Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Constantly. That's incredible though. Yeah, no. Like when you consider the things that you've 
achieved in a, in a sort of like a business sense. Yeah, but I think you're the one thing I've always realised is that I don't know everything. So you just you know, but yeah, no, I'm kind of constant imposter syndrome. You, you sit in situations, you're like, like, like you hear things like someone says something like. How did I not know about this? How did I get to like <laughs> yeah. 37 years old and I've not realised that and I probably should have known that for my own business or, you know, so yeah, constantly. But I think it's a good thing. It keeps you, it keeps you grounded. It keeps you knowing that um, you don't know it all and you never will. You yeah. Know, so. yeah. Yeah. I sometimes wonder whether it's just people are better at faking that than others. Because, you know, at, at some level, all of us are basically just kind of clueless as to what we're doing and how the future looks and why we're all here. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, now we're all figuring it out. Yeah. All, like, literally, why aren't we here? <laughs> you know, I, like, daily I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, <laughs> what, what is life? You know, um, no, we're, none of us have got it figured out. No. Why do you think we're here? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like... I'm like, yeah, it's just a crazy old place, isn't it? Yeah. I'd love to know. I would love to know the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look at religion, you look at all these things, you're like, well, that's all stories. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> and as your brain develops, you're like, right, okay. So then what is here? Because, <laughs> you know, everything's just a bunch of stories we've told ourselves and no one knows. Um, and if we ever find out, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why, well, why do you think we're here? Oh, um, I mean, I've spoken to people who are, uh, <laughs> that speak more about sort of the spiritual side of life. Um, and there's this idea really that there's this kind of soul's journey. Mm -hmm. So that you come to earth school to kind of learn your lessons and, mm -hmm. you know, try and you sort of fail at certain things and you either learn and you get mm -hmm. better or you don't and you just kind of, you know, yeah. you, you never kind of progress. But on a sort of soul or spirit level, there are various different actual tiers if yeah. you want and we're all trying to ascend to you know nirvana or like the top tier yeah. in the in the spiritual sense so we're deployed to earth to try and learn the lessons to then when our spirit leaves and goes into that realm yeah. then it's yeah that's basically the yeah that was deep that's that's i mean i can say that with <laughs> I, I mean i don't i don't personally know that but the yeah. people that have told me that are saying so with some element of um, credentials mm -hmm. and reliability. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we'll, you know, one day we might find out, but yeah. it's quite fascinating, yeah. Yeah, who knows? I know, knows? I know. <laughs> or we could just be just a complete, a complete biological accident, or we could be living in the matrix. Exactly. I think we're getting closer <laughs> to that anyway, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. The way technology's going. So. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned VR earlier. Is yeah. that something that you're interested in? Yeah, very. Yeah, um, really? Yeah, no, I went to, I went on a trip to San Francisco, how many years ago now? Four or five years ago, three or four, I don't know. Um, and I got to visit like a lot of the kind of, the companies you'd love to visit. So I've got, like, yeah, yeah. Google, Facebook, Twitter, oh, uh, Pixar. Awesome. Who else was there? Unity. And I think it was at Unity, I got to try the Oculus uh, Rift for the first time. And I was like, holy shit, I've been waiting for this. I think in 1990 or something, I went to like a, <laughs> Um, a tech conference. I think it was about the time that Terminator 2 came out. I think it must have been, that's 1990, whatever year that was. Yeah, it was and, I, and I tried an early, 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 early VR headset way back then. 
And it like something in me went, wow, that's for the future. I've been waiting since then. <laughs> so like, yeah, I must know. I must have been like 1999 or something, surely, because I must have been about 20, surely. Um, but anyway, I, I went to San Francisco, got shot in that, and I, I walked out of Unity, went straight onto the website and paid and pre-ordered for the Oculus. And uh, since then, we've had one in the studio and... Um, I'm sure yeah. I've seen pictures of it. Um, I, I just blew my mind, you know. Um, I, I, I love it, you know. I'm, I'm a early adopter. Any gadget I, I will buy on early, early release before anyone's got it. I'll pay, <laughs> I'll pay the exorbitant amount to, like, to, to get it first. And so, yeah. yeah, no, I've been quite excited with VR for the last few years. Although I think it's got... I think that where it will really come into its own is when we get the sort of AR, whenever they figure out this, yeah. whether it's like the Google Glass type thing, the HoloLens, or getting rid of this thing, because um, I don't think that bit's great of the kind of isolation of humans. Yes. Um, I think I think more so, I mean, I've, I don't know if you've tried the Microsoft HoloLens, you know, you can literally, oh, no. like, you can drop a ballerina on the floor there, but I can still be looking at you, and then the ballerina is, like, dancing, and you can walk around it, and... Oh. You know, and I think when you've got that kind of play between the digital world and um, the non-digital world together, so like we can maybe, you know, if we've got something on and we can be interacting with something here, yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. Although I don't want it to be all that. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for human conversation, for hanging out with humans. And, <laughs> yeah. and so I think, you know, the world's going in two places at the moment. We've got all this tech and then we've also got all this kind of meditation and um, mm. headspace stuff and just like looking after our brains. So it's kind of interesting to see which one will, which one will win out. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, no. Are you a meditator? Yeah, yeah, no, I think over the last few years, my brain has been crammed full of stuff, yeah. you know, and too much stuff. And, you know, you end up with all these notifications and emails and social media accounts pinging you and ugh. And I've had some points during that kind of rise of Made Brave where I've stress headaches and, mm. you know, coming home and like, I need to just go to my bed and lie down. And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I got introduced to meditation um, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. And um, yeah, no, I tried to use some of the techniques and chill the brain. And um, yeah, I think there can be a lot to be said to kind of knowing and understanding your own brain and you know, calm yourself and, you know, because sometimes, like, business and stuff, like, when things go wrong, things go incredibly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if your body's constantly in fight-or-flight mode, yeah, it can have impact on you, you know, you're constantly clenching your jaw and, you know, and I don't think that's good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I think isn't. having tools to fight that or to be able to counteract and balance it, it's mm -hmm. quite important. So, um, yeah, no, and I've, and I've got a lot of people close to me and family that, have gone through mental health issues as well, and I think you know you've got to look after your brain. You get one of them, um, and you get one of these as well. So yeah, trying to find that yeah. balance of um, you know physical exercise, which then helps the mental brain, and mm. you know, and just make sure you don't just focus on business and you know, because I, I think there's this there's this thing just now where everyone's got to be scaling a business, go and get go and get investments, got to scale. Everyone's to scale. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't. We don't all need to. Like, you might be in a really happy place when there's just yeah you and your own. Yeah, <laughs> or you I, and one other. Or I, I literally had that conversation with Mike McGrail right sure. quite recently, um, and he was saying that the people are always asking him with his Get Go Studio, like, oh, you know, when, how are you growing it? And he's just like, 
I just want to do incremental steps yep. and maybe get bigger, but I'm happy. Leave me alone. Exactly. <laughs> or you might want to get a job working for someone. Yeah, you yeah, might totally, find yeah. it really stressful to run profit and loss and do HR. And yeah. So some people, I mean, I remember when I worked, you know, just an employee, I quite liked it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you went in, you did your hard bit of work <laughs> and you went away <laughs> and your brain turned off completely, you know, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think we should be pushing people in one direction. Or no. Another. Yeah. Um, I think sort of entrepreneurial snobbery that's come uh -huh. out. Yeah. It's like, just let people be them. Yeah. You know, I always say you're, you are your own unique selling point. So you've got to find what's true to you and what's true to you might be to scale to a thousand employees, but I reckon that's not for everyone because mm. that takes a very, very different kind of brain makeup or not, it's not saying that anyone can't do it, but to manage and the stress that I'd imagine come with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to speak to your 20 year old self, what would you say? I'm, I'm kind of okay with my 20 year old self. I'm kind of say, just do what you're going to do. Because I, I didn't start Made Brave till I was 30. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot about that 20 to 30, I had a lot of good fun. So, you know, I've been a professional MMA fighter. Was, you know, I didn't know you were a professional. I've seen your um, in BJJ tournaments, yeah. some of your videos and stuff. I've done that. I was a magician, played in bands. I've done a lot, like partied loads. I've, you know, so my 20 to 30s, I wouldn't change it because that gave me a lot of perspective on a lot of different bits of life mm -hmm. that I think when I came to be 30, it then sent me, you know, I had all that learning, you know, yeah. that I could then use. Um, so I think I'd probably say to my 20 year old self, just do what you're, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, I did have a wee bit of a bad relationship early on in my 20s, so I'd probably say get out of that early. <laughs> get out of there quicker, um, but then, the other thing about that is having a relationship you weren't hugely happy in. When I then met my wife, yes, yeah. I knew that this was a great one. So precisely. So sometimes you need bad to get to understand when you're having a good time. Um, yeah, and that goes again for business. Like you need to enjoy, not enjoy the downs, but you need to you need to know um, when you're in a down so that you can appreciate the up, <laughs> and then when you're up, you need to you need to celebrate that so that because you, you know <laughs> what the down looks like. So I think yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I wouldn't change hugely my my twenties year old self. Just uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say just keep keep having fun just now. Have fun because yeah. <laughs> you're gonna because yeah. you know it's that growing up thing as well. As soon as exactly. you get past thirty and stuff, and you start to get kids and responsibilities, you know, enjoy while you're free and get life experience, um, mm. you know. I'd probably say to myself, that's what I'd say, I'd say to myself, go travel a bit more, do the mm -hmm. travel thing. Because mm -hmm. um, I think when I was early in my 20s, I thought, oh, I better just jump on the job thing and, and do that. Whereas I think, you know, when you go out and see different perspective in life and meet different people, you that, that does a lot for you, your yeah. brain, you know. Mm -hmm. good, mm -hmm. good way to learn in life. Definitely. Yeah. Last question's a big one, Andrew. Okay. If you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? Change anything in the world? Well, maybe if I could age a little bit slower. <laughs> maybe if we could kind of slow that down a little slow bit. Slow the aging process. Yeah, I think as you start to creep up towards 40, you start to feel, wow, this, you're not, you're not around long, you know? Um, although, 
sometimes having constraint has gives you the, yeah well, you know if you knew you were here a bit longer you maybe wouldn't do as much you would maybe just yeah you wouldn't be quite as proactive or uh, um yeah probably probably I'll eradicate uh, religion okay <laughs> it's not going to go down well with everyone but um you know it's, and it's probably quite a, a big one to solve but you know i think you just i, I can't fathom how you know whatever you pop out in the world you get taught, taught a different story and you know i got brought up going to church till i was about 14 or 15. And is that right you think that's what life is and the world is but you know when i my brain kind of i suppose matured a little uh you're like oh wait they got a different story so how do we know my story's the right one <laughs> yeah. and then how are they not thinking how's our story and <laughs> and then people fight about it you're like yeah wow chill you know so if you could kind of take that away but then then i can kind of see why it's there because mm -hmm. humans like a bigger purpose than they are so you can yes. kind of you can see i mean i read a book called sapiens i don't know if you've read yeah, it yeah. Uh, brief history of mankind mm -hmm. i think that's a great book because you can see they talk about well you know it's, it's built as a control system and I, I suppose like you can see why it's happened because mm -hmm. someone over here has had to go shit this is getting out of control <laughs> right if you're bad you go there if you're good you go there yeah oh, that worked <laughs> and then you know and then you've kind of had to build values kind of it's, it's often it's a similar similarities to building business you've got to build beliefs and values you've got mm -hmm. to have a, a vision where people go, get to go to somewhere if they're naughty they get to you know like yeah so i can see why it's happened huh. And, but I don't think it's particularly good for the planet. Although there was a lot about, you know, growing up, going to church that taught me a lot of good stuff, actually. Be decent to people, be nice, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, I, I learned, I suppose, a lot of good values from it. So I, I don't want to take away all of religion because I think there are good parts of it. There's yeah. a good part. It brings people together. It gives people purpose. And sometimes for older people, that can be really important. Um, Sorry, I'm waffling now. No, it's all, no, you know, no, I see, yes. I, I think there's, the, the, yeah, I'd, I'd like to take the bad parts away. The destructive, of the, the destructive yeah, sure. parts where people blow themselves up or fight or, you know, and keep the goodness of it, which is just about bring people together, have shared values, look after one another and be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Can't, I just can't disagree with that. Yeah. What's your religious stance today? Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing. So I just agnosticism, yeah, atheism, like, like Bill and Ted, be excellent to each yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, no, I think just stay focused on what you're doing. Be nice to people. Yeah. Um, don't shit on people. Don't you know? Just yeah, just be be a good person. Kind of give back twice as much as you take. <laughs> um, hmm. I think that's probably how I live most of my life and. Yeah, and try and give some positivity. I've probably mentioned positivity about 4,000 times. <laughs> there's, a, there's an underlying message in there, I think, for me. <laughs> so, Awesome. Andrew, I've loved speaking with you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for I having really, me. I really, really enjoyed it's like it. the Elliot Reeves time machine. Like, I just feel like that's been like, <laughs> like 10 minutes. We've probably been here for Jeez. 10 hours. You're going to have to edit this down 4,000. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. So, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Been good. I, I love the space. Thank you so much. Yeah. Glad yeah. you like it. I'm look forward to have the, to see the oil painting of you up here the next time. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure that <laughs> that's going to happen. Now that we've said it, it has to happen. I like the idea of it. We'll, we'll find someone, a good oil painter. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Andrew, Thanks, thank man. you so much, my Cheers. friend. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to Inspired Edinburgh. 
If you enjoyed this, please subscribe for more powerful conversations. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show and we'll see you at the next episode.